Welcome to episode five of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty This is Christina. How are you all? And today we'll be talking about just a few Black coming-of-age films. But before we get into today's episode, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And you can also keep the conversation going with us with the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod. If you have any reactions to what we're saying or maybe some additional thoughts you want to add of your own. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and rate our podcast. We are working on getting on Google Play, waiting to hear back from them. And as soon as we know, you guys will know, we'll be getting it out there Hurry on up, socials. guys. Prove um, our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, we want to try to get it on as many platforms and make it as widely available as possible. Um, But, of course, we're also on Podbean, and then you can find us on our WordPress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com. And I do need to upload last week's episode on the WordPress page. I forgot. So that's on me. If you guys weren't there looking forward to it, it wasn't there. I'm sorry. I know. It was was a weird week last week. So I'm going to try to catch up on it. Um, Before we kind of jump into our recap and stuff today, we do want to make a little mini announcement. So when we decided to start Nostalgia Mixtape, we originally wanted to go ahead and do weekly podcasts. Um, Just trying to get your name out there, making sure that we were kind of constantly interacting with people to try to build up a fan base. Um, We are building one. It's, It's going a little slow, but it is kind of steady and it's starting to get more and more listens and everything and a little bit more interaction with people along social media. So thank you for the people that have you know, tweeted us and, and kind of interacted with, with us. We really appreciate it. But we are going to actually start from this point forward doing bi-weekly episodes. Um, we want to do that for a few reasons. First, of course, like everybody else, we've got a lot going on. We're really busy people. Um, and it's hard to keep up yes. a weekly podcast, as we have quickly discovered. You know, by the time you finish recording and then... Um, you know, Christina does all of our editing and everything like that. She's going in and editing and we're both looking at new topics to talk about. By the time we get the podcast out on Thursday, it's already time to start looping back around to looking at recording for that following Monday or Tuesday. So a bi-weekly podcast will give us a little bit more time to plan our subjects, do a little bit more, you know, research or refreshing in some things. Because some of the topics that we talk about it may be like a movie that we haven't seen in 10 years so it'd be nice to have some time to go back and kind of revisit that and look at it with some fresh eyes and stuff and um we also want to start bringing on some guests eventually and so it would give them time to to kind of prep themselves and to know what we're talking about and everything and it um just gives us a little bit more breathing room so hopefully we can deliver even better content than what we're giving you guys right now so um we're still kind of making a decision on how we're going to continue forward as far as if you want to try to maybe block things off into different seasons or if we're just going to kind of run through and do intermittent breaks. Um, But as soon as we kind of get all of that together, we'll definitely be letting you guys know in future episodes. So that means no episode next week, but the following week, we will be back again. Um, And again, like Ty said, it's really, it's a learning process for the both of us. We are a two woman show. It's just the two of us doing um, all of the work for the show, eventually, you know, we would love to expand our team. Um, but we just want to make sure that we put out the best possible show that we can put out for you. Um, and, you know, we're both learning a lot in the process of putting this show out weekly. Um, so it's not like we're going to mm-hmm. take a week off. We're going to still be doing work to put the show together. Um, 
you know, trying to make it more lively, get theme music, you know, have audio clips and all these other things. We're definitely still going to be putting in work, but we just want to make sure that we put the best show out there instead of just, you know, throwing something together and, you know, putting it out there for you guys. Like, we want to definitely step our game up, and that's part of the reason why we're going to bi-weekly, at least for now. Um, so be looking forward to some new things, um, you know. We're going to be promoting and marketing ourselves more. We're going to be working on our Instagram and our Twitter page and our presence online and stuff like that. Like, it's we're just going to put some more work in and giving us more time to actually do the work that we want to do because uh, we have a lot of big dreams for this podcast. So, um, bear with us. Right. We'll be there. And if you got some tips and tricks or anything like that or, you know, want to help in some type of way, just let us know. Hit us up in our email and um, we'll go from there. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. So just wanted to let you guys know that. So that way everything was clear. You know, nobody has any confusion thinking that we're, you know, going to stop the podcast when we just got started. No, we're definitely in it. We're trying to be in it for the long haul, but we want to make sure that we have a long haul to be in. Um, and the only way to do that is to be able to, you know, give ourselves the space and the time to be able to create the best product that we can create. Yep. So moving on to our nostalgia recap. We don't have a lot today because we're going to try to go ahead and jump into our main topic. Um, but I have a couple of quick things. So first, it has been 22 years since the premiere of Kenan and Kel. Um, if you guys have listened to us before, you know how much we love both of them. Uh, we gave them high praises just a couple of episodes ago about being two really great comedians that know their lane, stick to their lane, and have been consistently mm-hmm. working throughout the years. Um, and so Kenan and Kel is just such a, a great, funny, wonderful show. Um, 22 years of it. Can't believe it's been, I can't believe that, you know, it's been that long. Oh, 20, 22 years, excuse me, since it came out. So I can't believe it's been that long and they're still out here. They're doing great things. You don't hear nope. anything bad about them or it anything makes, like that. Did you see them on I did Double not. Dare? I didn't even know Double Dare had started. I did. Um, but it just. Yes. They were on the first episode. Uh, it just makes me feel good to see them, you know, still out there doing their thing. And also makes me feel old realizing that it's been 22 years. Plus, I don't know if you know this, but Keenan got nominated for an Emmy for working on SNL this year. So it's like... Yes, full, about time. I mean, yeah, it took forever and the circle is large, but it, he's really come full circle to from being on Nickelodeon and being on all that and then having his own show with Kel to now be on, on SNL for as long as he has and being nominated for an Emmy. I really hope he wins. I'm like Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everybody black. But like a lot of the people Amen. that are nominated now are people that have, you know, been around in the last 10 years, whereas Keenan's been a part of my life as a comedian for the vast majority of my life. So, you know, for him right. to win feels like a win for me. Um, and I'm just so incredibly proud of him. Um, Kel too, as well, you know, but like I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Keenan to win that Emmy because he, he deserves, he's put in the work. Um, and it's kind of a win for the both of he them. Does. Um, he definitely deserved it. So I'm rooting for you, Kanan. I'm rooting for you. And I love the fact that him and Kel are still yes. really good friends. And they still, I mean, when you see them together and interacting with each other, I mean, that comedic timing and that chemistry that they have has not faded at all. Like, it's it's so fantastic. Uh, Kanan was in one of the episodes of uh, I Love Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's one of my guilty pleasures. And it's just something that mm-hmm. I, I write. 
I, you know, I, I watch and I don't have to write about it or anything. I can just like watch it and laugh at all the stupidity on it and just have fun. And he made a um, made a couple of brief cameos up there of like this seventies like <laughs> lounge singer. Oh, okay. And it was hilarious. I just I love Keenan so much. So he's just popping up all over the place and doing a lot of fun things. And they've had great careers. So congrats to them. Twenty two years since then, and both of them are still doing well. Yay. And the second thing I have for today is it has been two years since Stranger Things made its debut. Um, and to me, that is so insane because the show has gotten so big and really taken off and gone to these really high heights in just two years. Um, I remember the summer that it came out. I think it had been out for maybe three or four days or something like that. And I was at work. I didn't have a lot going on. Um, it was kind of a slow period there. And I kept seeing people talking about it on Twitter. And I'm like, you know, what's this thing? You know, it's something 80s. It's got Winona in it. Okay, I'll go ahead and check it out. Um, as you know, I'm not a binger. Like, it's just, it's not my thing. I watch two or three episodes or something, and then I am, I'm good. <laughs> I can right. find something else to do. I, I can't watch 18, 16 episodes of something in like 24 hours. It's crazy. Right. But I watched the whole thing in one day. That's, like the that's saying thing. something, because again, Todd is not like we don't have the attention span for that. Like, it, right? We want to, but after a few hours, we're just like, all right, time to move on. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's crazy, and I've just kind of been into it ever since. And um, you know, now they're gearing up for their third season. They actually uh, released a like mini teaser thing where they're opening up a mall in Hawkins. So the place where it takes the city where it takes place at is like a really small. Uh -huh. really small you know sleepy kind of town but now they're getting this big mall and it's so funny because the promo is of course really really 80s um, of course i think it's around like 85 or something like that when season three is going to be taking place and they have a walden books and they have okay yeah a radio shack and you know just a whole bunch of stores where you're like oh this is going that's going that's going too so i love that uh that little teaser that they put out yesterday it was really cute we'll have to include that in the show notes a radio um, shack i haven't I seen one of those i think the one in the mall here in my hometown like just closed but like it's been and that one's been bare bones for a while but wow like they they decided to go all the way back didn't they a walden right. books i haven't seen one of those in years i like, have not seen a walden books in years so when i watched that i was like wow <laughs> like where did y'all y'all are really y'all are really pulling out of the gate and stuff and so it's got a little teaser with one of the characters and stuff in there too it's it, it's really good and more than likely it's kind of them kind of piping everything up um yeah i'm assuming i haven't paid that much attention to san diego comic-con just because i'm a little jealous i'm not going to be there <laughs> but um I'm Who isn't? yeah i'm assuming that they're going to be there and that they're probably going to release like a larger trailer there so i guess maybe this was to kind of get all the stranger things fans hyped and once that trailer comes out and stuff i'll definitely probably be one of the first people checking that out but that is all i have for my recap um, well, for me, I just wanted to keep it short and sweet. Uh, it's been kind of a thing a lot on Twitter this past week. Thanks to Kid Fury from The Read, but like everybody's talking about Missy Elliott. And um, it's actually been 21 years since her first album, Super Duper Fly. Um, like, that album. that album is amazing. It's iconic. She's been posting um, like clips and stuff on her Instagram of like the different videos and like I Can't Stand the Rain is an awesome video. I remember her in like the big what everyone was calling the big trash bag suit <laughs> um, which is just iconic and 
like nobody could have pulled that look off but her. Like I always wanted those shades, the ones that she had on where like had spikes that go up in the back and like curve over your head. I wanted those. Yes. Um, and also like it's got a sample of one of my favorite Diana, not Diana Ross songs. Is it Diana Ross? I think it's Diana Ross. I'm not sure. Is Diana Ross or Tina Turner? At least I know Tina Turner did a cover of it. I don't know. Uh, uh, Sample of an old song, basically. I'm so awful with, like, remembering names of songs and stuff like that. Like, I'm really bad at that. I should probably do something about that. Um, but Missy Elliott is amazing. Kid Fury went on a rant on his show that wasn't, like, a part of the read, but basically, like, she needs her video Vanguard Award and she needs it now. Thank you. And I am in 100% agreement because she deserves it. All of her videos are amazing and groundbreaking and just off the wall and awesome. And like every single one of her videos bangs and every single one of her songs are awesome. And she just, she deserves it. It's past time. In the words of Kid Fury, give her her things. Right. Um, because she deserves. And I'm tired of seeing other people that, aren't necessarily as great as her getting recognition it's time it's past time Give she it to should us. have been had a video vanguard i mean you from can't somebody video that she hasn't done that hasn't been just incredibly creative and, and innovative exactly everything she, that she does everything that i mean that whole group and we've talked about this you know in the past or whatever everything that whole group does and everything that they put out especially back during you know the the 90s and stuff and even uh-huh. with her continuing on into the 2000s i mean just groundbreaking cool sounds you know everything i mean they're just kind of they've always been marching to the beat of their own drum and you know the thing that i don't think missy gets enough you know credit for whatever is being so sex positive exactly Um, she's always been that way you know a lot of people kind of overlooked that they were like you know missy she different from you know the little kims and all the stuff like that i mean yeah it's a different type of delivery but right. Missy has always been, I mean, she even said, you know, girls, girls get that cash. Ain't no problem with shaking your ass. Ain't no shame. Lady, do your thing. Just make sure you're ahead of the right. game. I mean, you know. She has, she has an entire song called One Minute Man. Like, right. what, did you, what do you think that song is about? Like, <laughs> I don't understand people with their selective me- memories of like certain things. Like, she is very sexual in her lyrics. Her delivery is just different. So you don't think it's like raunchy. Right. Which is fine because that's her. Like. And, you know, people think that, like, Little Kim or Nicki Minaj are raunchy, but that's just, that's just them. Like, Missy has her style, and I'm tired of people overlooking her. Like, I'm tired of it. Tired. Yes. <laughs> like, Give Missy her things. Give her her flowers while she's still here, please. Please. Like, we need to start giving people their flowers while they are still here. Like, right. we need to do it. Yeah, because you do. A lot of people are waiting for people to pass away and then everybody's like you know she was the greatest she did this he did that they did this and i'm like could have said all these things while they were here you know and it's a exactly. shame that the only person that's really giving missy her flowers like they should be is missy herself exactly. like she's literally on twitter every day like stating facts about her career and the things that she's done and stuff that she's written and been involved in and a part of i mean she's like right. creating her own history timeline right there on her twitter page and i'm like Pretty much. Not getting this from from everybody else it's it's crazy to me but happy 21 years to Super Duper Fly. We love you, Missy. Yes, yes. So today's topic, like I said before, is Black coming-of-age movies. Um, something that just kind of randomly popped up in my mind. Um, and then when you're, 
lot of times during summertime, you're always seeing different articles and stuff about, you know, things you should be watching. And I've noticed kind of an uptick in coming of age listicles. And uh-huh. every time you look at them, it's just always a bunch of white movies there. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I like, you know, your, your Princess Diaries and, you know, your She's All That and all of those type of movies and stuff. I like them and enjoy them. And you don't always necessarily have to see yourself in a movie to be able to identify with it or to be able to enjoy it. Of course not. Um, if that were the case, then Black people would have a problem. <laughs> right. And a lot of other marginalized people would have a problem. And people in the LGBT community and all the different intersections in between would have a problem. Because most things do center on straight white males and straight white females. Um, But, you know, I started thinking, I was like, gosh, you know what? There are a lot of black coming of age movies. Um, But even when you think about the black coming of age movies, if you ask most people to name them, they usually say like uh, House Party and Minister Society and Juice and Boys in the Hood and stuff. And I've seen, you know, seen all of them. Most black people have and enjoy all those movies and stuff. But there really aren't a whole lot that you can really think of offhand that are centered on or around black women. Yeah. I like had a hard time looking for one where it's just like a black woman or a group of black women. That is a true coming of age story. Um, Right. That's not like tied necessarily to a love interest. Um, You know, there's not, there aren't those movies um, and it kind of makes me sad but it also makes me hopeful because I hope that there is somebody out there um, I'm not a writer I'm not a screenwriter or anything like that um, but it makes me hopeful because I know that they're out there uh, there's way I'm aware of way more talented screenwriters that you know are up and coming and just trying to do their thing now um, so I hope we get that black woman led like coming of age story um, right yeah, I'd love to see some cool. black girls on like a Goonies adventure, you know, or something right. like that. Like something that's got some science fiction or some fantasy elements to it or something or something where the kids are just out and about and just discovering things about themselves, investigating things, you know, having a good time without the adults around learning how to solve their own problems. Right. Something that's got like a lot of moments of levity and stuff. We really don't get those because even like with the black boy movies, like like your boys in the hood and your menace to society is. And, and those are stories that definitely need to be told. Um, they're true stories and they are a lot of people's experience. But does it always have to be something about violence and drugs and, and death and despair and everything? You know? Right. Exactly. Like, I want to see more more house party type things. But I like to see black girls. House party is so much fun. It is. So, so, so much fun. Just a fun, ridiculous kid and play getting in the hijinks and like doing all sorts of crazy things. Like, right. Just a fun movie. Yeah, you know, so when I was thinking about coming of age movies, um, a couple of the ones that I kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about today actually do have black girl protagonists. Um, They do kind of go through their they go through their different share of struggles and hardships and everything like that. But in the end, they come out a little bit better on the other side. I think I think they learn a lot of lessons and. It would have been really interesting with both of those. Um, I'm not much of a reboot or a, re- or a, a reimagining type person or whatever, or a sequel person um, per se. It kind of depends. But those, these two in particular are ones I really would have liked to seen a little bit more of and kind of know where those people are now. Uh-huh. Um, the first one I have is Crooklyn. So Crooklyn came out in the early 90s and it's kind of a rarity because it's, it's centered in the 70s, but it is about a black girl in a semi-large family, I guess. 
um, she's got three or four brothers and they're kind of roughhousing and playing around and stuff. And it's just talking about just normal black life for them. So right. interacting with, you know, it's a Spike Lee joint. So there are a bunch of different colorful characters on the street that she interacts with. Um, I love Troy because she is around like nine, I believe. Um, uh -huh. She's really young or whatever, but she's, you know, young. She's a, you know, she's a dark skinned girl. She, you know, was wearing an afro in some, you know, some parts and stuff. And she was, you know, really smart and outspoken and, you know, had a square head on her shoulders. And, you know, that was great. But then it was, it was also kind of interesting too, because her brothers were just kind of goofing off a lot of times. Right. Um, and she kind of had to be the one, even though she's one of the younger ones in the house, she's kind of the one that held it together. And it just shows how black girls have so much of that pressure to mature faster than their yeah. male counterparts. Um, but in the movie, her uh, parents are, you know, they're working hard. They've got a lot of stress on them. Dad, um, you know, is a musician and stuff. Mom ends up being diagnosed with cancer. Um, uh. And so she kind of goes through that emotional process and everything. But there are just some really good, some really good parts in that movie. It's one, it's one, uh, one part where she actually goes down to Maryland and she stays with some of her family down there. And, you know, Troy's a city girl. So she's, you know, she's a little bit rough and tumble. She, you know, spends time outside and stuff. And her cousin down there is very delicate and prim. And she wears yeah. these, you know, really frilly, frilly dresses to bed. And they're just, they're really seeped into like whiteness. And that's yeah. kind of what they're sinking. And that's what their ideal is. And it made Troy appreciate home, um, which she's from Brooklyn, but they call it Crooklyn. That's her mom's kind of nickname. Um, for it or whatever and so she really misses home and appreciates home and appreciates the the richness and the blackness of her working class neighborhood um and i mean i don't know if it's i don't know if you can necessarily give away spoilers or anything like that but um her mom does end up passing away at the end of the movie uh -huh. and so troy kind of has to assume that motherly role in her household or whatever um like i said i wish it had been more moments of, of levity and there are some funny and some comedic times in there and there's some sweet you know interactions between her and her brother um you know they were there's one particular scene where they're kind of sitting out in the hallway and they're both kind of consumed in their own grief he doesn't yes. really know how to verbalize it but he just reaches over and their fingers just kind of interlock with each other that's and, gotta I mean, be rough yeah i mean you know and it's, it's small moments like that or whatever in it that just you know such great camaraderie and everything but it's just so rare to have a coming of age story centered on a black girl and you know it was nice as i've seen it and watched it throughout the years or whatever i'm like i really want to see more of that not necessarily with that uh where somebody has to you know die or something tragic has to happen to someone or something but just to see more stories about average regular black girls just growing up in their neighborhoods the experiences that they have them kind of finding their self and discovering who they are so i love crooklyn um it's probably one of my favorites i haven't seen it in a few years but i definitely love that movie so much uh, I mean, you may take my black card for this, but I actually have not seen it. No, and I don't think that necessarily takes your black card because there are a lot of black people that have not seen it. Um, you know, again, like I said, when people name coming of age stories, the first thing they say is, oh, boys in the hood, you know, <laughs> minister society. I mean, those are the ones that most black people have kind of seen. But Crooklyn is one that I think for it to be a Spike Lee joint, I feel like it kind of slides up under the radar because most yeah. people, you know, do the right thing. And, you know, and a lot of the other joints that he's released out school days. Um, School you know, Days is amazing. Right, I have, you know. I have seen that. My sister picks on me because there's a lot of, like, there's a few classic black movies that I haven't seen. Like, we watched, I have seen bits and pieces of Coming to America. I know what happened to the movie, but I didn't think that I've ever actually sat and watched the whole thing before. So we sat and watched that. Wow. Uh, I watched Boys in the Hood for the first time this year. Mm -hmm. um, we sat and watched that um, 
But yeah, I didn't think coming to America was funny. So she was kind of mad at me about that. <laughs> um, I might edit that out of the show. But yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, stand in your truth. I mean, because you're not the only person that I know that thought it wasn't funny. People have different senses of humor and stuff like that. I mean, and just because something is kind of universally loved by other people, and it may not even be universally loved. It may just be that people are just kind of going along to get along. Right. I was just like, I love coming to America. I think it's hilarious. I'm kind of bored. That's just that's just my you know sense of humor. I think I think I left. I don't know. I saw Randy Watson. Everybody knows about Randy Watson. Like if you don't know about Randy Watson, then something's wrong with you. Um, they have a Randy Watson Funko Pop. I am so off the beaten path, but they have a Randy Watson Funko Pop, and I low key want one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I will. Uh, I have to find out if Crooklyn is on one of the things. One of the I, you know the, I looked the for Netflixes it and I didn't. Or anything. Yeah, I was gonna say I looked for it and I didn't see it. Um, when I was looking around, I did see Minister Society. That's on Netflix. Um, I but it. I didn't see Crooklyn up there, and I have a DVD somewhere. Where it is, who knows? Um, it may pop up this year. It may pop up three years from now. But I do know I have that movie on DVD. Like, or is it VHS? It might be on VHS. It's somewhere around here. Who's got a V? Never mind. I was about to say who's got a VHS uh, player, but I nobody. Do. I do. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I've got several VHS movies. I still have a VHS player. Yes. Well, all right. Movie night at Ty's house. <laughs> Sure, we could watch Crooklyn. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, the other one that I wanted to mention was Just Another Girl on the IRT, which used to be on Netflix, and sadly, it is not anymore. Um, it was a low-budget film. A lot of the actors and actresses in there, you never really saw them again, or they never really did much else. I was um, about to say, because I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Actually, um, I remember, I can't remember, somebody had hosted like a live tweet about it a while back or whatever when it was on Netflix and a bunch of people were kind of watching it for the first time and really enjoyed it. Um, you know, some of the acting can be a little a little wonky, um, but for the most part, you get pretty decent performances. And like I said, you could tell it's low budget. You know, the quality's not there, but then again, it also came out in the, you know, in the 90s or whatever. So, right. you know, how quality was then. Um, but the protagonist in it, her name is Chantel, and she's a girl growing up in growing up in New York, um, really smart, and she kind of seems to have it all. Like she's, you know, she's fly, she's got the fashion thing on lock or whatever, and she's smart, you know, she's, you know, really pretty, and um, mm-hmm. she's outspoken. She's got, you know, dreams of leaving the hood and wanting to become a doctor. Um, and, you know, like most hood girls like her, she kind of created her own fashion lane, and really, when you look at some of the things that she's wearing and like her hairstyles and everything like that. I mean, such a trendsetter. Um, Something that girls from the hood don't get enough credit for. So many trends come out of the hood. And I mean, she definitely would have been one of those girls that you would have been watching back then to kind of see what was hot and what wasn't hot. Um, I love that Chantel had a two-parent household. Um, And both of her parents just seemed like they were exhausted, but, you know, they were hardworking and trying to do the best they could for their kids. Um, Chantel was kind of in charge of helping with her two rambunctious little brothers and then she's also trying to balance school and she's also working a part-time job in a <laughs> in a store and so just kind of having those experiences and hoping for a bigger and better life than the one that she has um, unfortunately it gets derailed because Chantel ends up pregnant and she hides the entire pregnancy oh wow from her family and from her close How? friends wow <laughs> crazy girl she was like banding her stomach down and like doing a bunch of crazy stuff but you know the reason that i really love that movie you know kind of outside of 
that storyline of her going through that pregnancy and everything like that is I like the interactions that she had with her friends. Um, they've got one scene where Chantel and her two of her close friends are like sitting on this park bench and they're talking about sex and uh-huh. they're just doing it so openly and just kind of really bluntly talking about how they felt about condoms and how they felt about different guys and everything like that. And that, you know, now that I watch it with 2018 eyes, I'm like, wow, that was really a big deal. Yeah. For back in the 90s, for them to be so openly talking about that and making jokes and just kind of clowning and bugging about it. Um, I love the, you know, how she would be on her friends with the subway and they're just like joking on each other and having fun. And you could see white people kind of shifting and being uncomfortable by their presence. And um, in the movie, Chantel breaks the fourth wall a lot and speaks to the audience. Oh, and in the, cool. Yeah. And in the very beginning, she says that, you know, she's like, you know, I'm a hood girl and stuff like that. And um, she was saying how people automatically assume that she's not intelligent because she's loud. And she was like, you know, people will see me bugging with my friends and then they'll trip when they find out how smart I really am because I'm basically right. an auto roll student. Um, and that's so true, even to today or whatever, because she, you know, doesn't come off as, you know, respectable or anything like that or she doesn't fit into a certain box or she doesn't speak a certain way or whatever people thought that she wasn't as intelligent but um you know it's it's a scene in the movie where she takes this teacher to task about you know the incorrect uh how maps are sized or whatever how africa is made to look so much smaller than what it really is you know actually in real life or whatever like she takes the teacher to task about that and i love it so much you know and (laughs) You know, she works in this, like I said, she works in a store with one of her, uh, one of her good friends and like this, you know, white lady comes in and the boss has left Chantel in charge and the lady tries to get real smart with her and be like, well, I want to speak to, you know, she's one of the speak to the manager type ladies. And she was like, well, you know, I am in charge right now. And so they just completely clown and like push the lady completely out of the store or whatever by just joking on her. And so it's moments like that in the movie that I just, I love it so much. It's got a great soundtrack. It's very 90s. Um, there's a party scene in there that I love where Chantel does this choreographed dance with her friend and it totally seems like something that friends would make up in their living room. I mean, it's just small moments like that throughout the movie that used to do that. It is. It's small moments like that, that I'm like, yeah, I want to see, I've always wanted to see more of that. And I love that they could be so, you know, so open with each other and talk about so many different things. And then it was also interesting to just see Chantel kind of go through that struggle of, deciding what to do about her pregnancy. Um, Uh This was back during the Bush administration. So when she went to a clinic there, they couldn't even like really advise her on abortion as an option. Wow. Um, So she, you know, waited and waited and was just kind of trying to decide And she had the, you know, guy kind of pushing her one way, trying to make her get an abortion. But she was very steadfast. And she's like, you know, this is my decision. It's my body. Um, Right. And I'm going to make the decision and do the things that I think are best. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's definitely a teenager in a lot of senses. You know, like when they had the conversation about sex, there are a lot of things that they believe that <laughs> were not true and they were misinformed. And, you know, she she does some, you know, stupid things with money and, you know, uh-huh. her and the boyfriend get into dumb arguments and everything like that. So, I mean, there's definitely that element that, but it makes it seem so much more real because right. she doesn't have it all together. Like, I mean, as smart as she is with school and as much as she has her head on straight with other things, you know, when it comes to this situation, she's not. Um, yeah. And even the, her decision to have sex was completely on hers. He's like, you know, you know, well, I like you. I'm feeling you in that way. And she's like, I'm feeling you like that, too. You know, and so it wasn't a situation where she was like pressured into doing anything that she didn't want to do. Right. She totally made that decision herself. You know, this movie sounds interesting and I'm going to find it like it sounds like something I'd be into. Yeah, I didn't is. know about this movie beforehand. 
it is. It's, it's really, really good. Um, like I said, it's been a couple of years since I've seen that one too, but I do. I love, I love just another girl in the IRT. It, it reminds me like a little bit of Fly Girl, like a little bit, mm-hmm. but like less attitude because <laughs> the girl in Fly Girl had a lot of attitude. Oh um, no, Chantel got a lot of attitude. Okay, well, like then, a maybe I'm wrong. Of attitude. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's like. I'm not saying that it's like a carbon copy of Fly Girl, but it seems like in the similar vein of like Fly Girl. Because who didn't read Fly Girl in the 90s? I know I did. Right. I have like almost every single one of Omar Tyree's books. But um, yeah, it just sounds like a fun movie. Um, it is. Is it's it really still fun. on Netflix or did they take it down? They took it down. I'm like, uh, yeah, rude. It is. It, it is. And, um, and, you know, and I really wish the, because the, director it was written and directed by leslie harris um and i don't think she really did much else after this movie which is really a shame um but i did i do i love chantelle her best friend that said is cute too or whatever and so it's just it's a fun movie It, it really is it's got a lot of you know a lot of really good really good scenes and i don't know i just i love that movie so much so those were my two picks i just wanted to throw a couple of things out there that people maybe aren't as familiar with that you can kind of go out there, see if you can, you know, check it out, see what you think about it and everything. And maybe let me know your thoughts. You can always drop us an email, hit us up on Twitter or something like that. And let me know how you feel about those movies. If you get a chance to check them out. We'll have to find out where these movies are and like where people can find them if they so choose. So, um, right. Yeah. Just like I said, on the IRT, I'm fairly certain that it's not on any streaming service that I'm aware of. That was a lot harder to find in the soundtrack, too. I mean, it's got really good songs there, but a lot of those songs are hard to find, too. Like a lot of the they're like lesser known artists and everything oh, like that. But OK, yeah. So it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of falling under the radar. And I mean, maybe the DVDs are out there. Not really sure. Um, same thing with Crooklyn, too. It just seems to be a little bit harder to find those. Crooklyn, I am. I may, yeah, I may have to check on a couple of the streaming services for that one. I am on the case. I will find it somehow, some way. I will make it work. Good, I'm good. good for, I'm good for finding things. Um, so basically, the I just had one movie that I really thought about that was like at the front of my head when you said coming of age movies from the '90s, mm-hmm. and that's the classic Love and Basketball. Um, yes, I, it really is coming of age because they do they go into adulthood. Yeah, I love this movie so much. Like. Have you ever seen a movie so many times that, like, I could never watch this movie again? Like, I've yes. seen it entirely too. Okay. So that's Love and Basketball for me. Backstory. Um, my aunt, uh, well, my cousin from my aunt um, is quite younger than me. And when we were all growing up, since I was older than everybody, um, I used to babysit my cousin and then, like, all of my cousin's, like, church friend kids. Um, there was, like, five or six of them. Um, and they would just all bring themselves over to oh my god hold on um so i used to babysit all these little uh hoodlums um which is weird to see them all like grown and in college now or like past college but anyways um literally every time i used to babysit these kids my cousin would want to watch love and basketball because it's one of his favorite movies too like every single time i was over there we wore the dvd for love and basketball out I'm fairly certain my aunt needs another one because we watched it all the time. And then, of course, you know, when we were younger, since it was such a great movie, like once it got on TV, it was on TV like every week. You know how BET plays Baby Boy like every other day? It was Love and Basketball back then. So <laughs> I've seen this movie way more times. It's probably the one movie that I've seen more than like 
almost everything else, probably. Um, but anyways, it's a great story. Um, it's got it's starring Sanaa Lathan and Omar Epps, who I'm a fan of both. Like I follow both of their careers um, since. Yes, because uh, Omar Epps was on House, which is like my favorite TV show. Um, and Sanaa Lathan has been in you know great movies and TV shows since then. Um, and it also has like a very young Kyla Pratt as like young Sanaa Lathan's character, which is also cool. They basically, you know, meet outside of the neighborhood because uh, Sanaa Lathan's character moves into the neighborhood and they both have a love for basketball and love for each other Mm -hmm. um, pretty much from the beginning. Um, And it's just a great movie because you see them as kids and then you see them in the middle school and then like you see them uh, in high school playing basketball for the same school and being very competitive with each other. And then they end up going to the same college and then things happen and they kind of lose their way and they end up, you know, back together again. They go to prom together. Um, they're each other's first. They, you know, are trying to balance becoming a more educated adult and their basketball careers and their love for each other. And, you know, it has them butting heads quite a few times throughout the movie about, you know, random things like their basketball career. She sneaks out to see him one day um, after practice or something and is basically not supposed to be out, but... Uh, he gets injured in the movie, I believe. He gets yeah. injured in the movie and like can't play anymore. Um, he like tore his ACL or something. Yeah, he did. He was he just couldn't play anymore. She started playing basketball in like a European league. Um, I think he was dating Tyra Banks at one point. I want to say she had a kid. Yeah, they were going to get married. Like they were engaged. And like she just did not. Tyra Banks' character just did not understand like his passion and love for basketball. And that was kind of like the end of that relationship. Um, right and it's just like a great movie it's fun the soundtrack is awesome um and it's just these two people like growing and learning how to balance like all of their things that they have going on like their passion for basketball their love for each other um they end up you know growing up and she gets gets into the WNBA and they have a kid and you know it's just warm and fuzzy um it's a movie that definitely makes you feel good you see these people like literally grow up in this movie um and go from middle school kids to married with children um and there's not a whole lot of movies like that there wasn't really a whole lot of drama um like with you know drugs and violence and stuff like that you know he i think cheated on her or something like that but like outside of that it's really just the two of them growing up and learning themselves and each other Um, it's a very beautiful movie it's been a while since i've seen it for obvious reasons but um, it is, you know, and it's funny you when you bring that up and I think about Omar Epps. I also think about The Wood. Yeah. <laughs> and The Wood is like one of my favorite movies like ever. I definitely have that on DVD. And that's probably one of the ones that I've seen way too many times. Like, I mean, just them getting together for, you know, for the wedding and Mike talking about what it was like to come from good old Winston-Salem, North Carolina (laughs) and move out to Inglewood, California and kind of being taken into the fold of this new, I mean, because it's like a completely different world for him and being taken in with these new friends and the adventures that they have. And even for them, like growing up kind of in the hood and stuff, the stakes were never too high. Like you didn't see anybody like getting murdered or nothing like bad happened. The worst part happened, you know, was when Mike touched Alicia's booty and Stacy beat his ass and you know after school like that was the worst thing that really happened and they did get pulled over by the cops one time but they were able to sneak their way out of that but I mean you know just movies like that about and and I wish there were more like that like love and basketball like Mm -hmm. the wood or whatever where you see young black girls and boys growing up and stuff and 
you kind of see them really come into their own and become successful adults, but they can go back and look back and reminisce about all of the good times and stuff like that and have a lot of good, funny moments yeah. too. There definitely needs to be more. I just have a few like honorable mentions. I know they're not coming of age per se, but I kind of consider them the consider them those type of movies, which is soul food and waiting to exhale. I know most of the people mm-hmm. in those movies were adults, but you know, they're focused on families and a particular group of friends that have been through a lot together. Um, you know, Waiting to Exhale was probably one of the first movies that I've seen with, like, a group of friends that have been friends for so long um, that, you know, kind of grew up together and went to college together, you know, had all these hijinks and stuff like that. And now they're adult women um, dealing with right. adult women problems with, like, crazy men and career goals and all these other things and, like, trying to balance, you know, being a fully realized woman that can support herself and like dating and all the craziness that comes with that um i love that right. and maintaining their friendship right and maintaining their friendship at the same time because they definitely had mm-hmm. some you know getting into it moments um waiting to exhale is not waiting to exhale soul food is kind of the same it's around the family um it's a coming of age story a little bit for the the son at the beginning of the movie yeah. um because you see him you know growing up around this family and his grandmother passes away and then the family's trying to maintain this trend tradition of having sunday dinners and you know, all this craziness happens. Somebody sleeps with somebody's cousin and Vanessa Williams comes at them with a knife and I died laughing the first time I saw it. (laughs) Good old, good old face. Yeah. I mean, she looked untrustworthy from the very, 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 oh my God. Terry coming at her with that knife. I was like, yes. (laughs) Like in the middle of a party, like running around with a kitchen knife. Like I'm Oh God! She said the family effed her husband. I was like, no, (laughs) this is bad. Right. Like you got one sister that's just trying to mind her business with her husband and like run her salon. And then you have Terry trying to take over everything. And then you have, you know, everybody else is trying to mind their business, but not being able to. And just all the things you deal with as a family. Um, They're just great examples of, you know, family and then friends as family. Um, for me, uh, great movies, you know, soul food turned into a TV show that was also pretty amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and those are movies that like really had an impact on me because they kind of showed me a little bit of what adult life is like, you know, it showed you how you can get through family issues and like overcome things. Cause like the death of the matriarch in the movie of soul food is kind of like the catalyst for all the drama. It just seems like it opened, it was the straw that broke the camel's back for all the craziness and you know right the thing that their mother instilled in them which is having sunday dinner is kind of the thing that not necessarily fixed it but got things on track to be fixed in their family like they're all they're all interpersonal right. issues yeah it's so. the binding thing that brings them together and kind of forces them to deal with their right. issues and be like you know what we're family we need to find some way to uh find some resolution to the issues that we've got and continue to grow and move on as a family. Cause we are family. And at this point we are, we're all right. we've got. Um, so those are two movies that I remember. My honorable mention is um, the best man. I know you were talking about mm-hmm. the wood, but I love the best man. It's got uh, Harold Perniew from all the other things like Oz and stuff in it. He's my favorite character in that movie. Um, yes. I find it hilarious that like he makes friends with the stripper. Like he falls in love with the stripper while drunk. But then, like, they bond over, like, poetry or, like, old school philosophy right. or something like that. And you're just so like, cute. okay, this is a thing that's happening. Um, 
And, you know, it's great to see black men in a movie, dark-skinned black men in a movie, like, be a part of the movie outside of Terrence J and his, I mean, not Terrence J, Terrence Howard and his crazy self. Terrence Howard. Um, the one light-skinned, <laughs> the one light-skinned dude and his light-skinned feelings throughout the entire movie. <laughs> like, I was going to say, he messy as I don't know what, the whole movie. Like, super messy. Super messy. You got Morris Chestnut and Tay Diggs over here with their drama, because mm-hmm. they slept with the same girl or whatever. And fighting each other at the bachelor party, and then you got Pearl Prentice's character over here falling in love with a stripper, and then you got just Terrence, Terrence Howard and his light skin feelings, the entire yeah, <laughs> and, and playing and playing music that no one asked for, like nobody asked for that music, and he's just playing it anyway. Like what? Just go sit down in the corner, <laughs> please. This is why nobody likes you. <laughs> I love that movie. But yeah, that's that's what I got. I love loving basketball, although I will probably never watch it again for like another five years. Maybe maybe I'll feel nostalgic and watch it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I've got that around here too. Like a lot of a lot of those black movies I have on DVD. Like I just snapped them up like that and Love Jones and a whole bunch of ones. I really just snapped them up on DVD because I like to just pop them in every now and then. Love Jones is a good one too. When I just yeah, when I just feel like watching and I just, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's messy. The characters are a trip and everything like that. But that's what makes it feel real. I mean, we all have a messy friend or two. Or we are the messy friend. Right. So. You know what I really like, though? And I'm not ashamed to admit this. I actually um, was, there was a tweet that uh, one of my, uh, one of my friends had last night. And they were talking about, you know, name a movie that you know is bad, but you like it anyway. Uh (laughs) And I I said, you got served. (laughs) and it made me start thinking about it and I was like you know what I really like corny not great dance movies that movie and they and they kind of fit into the coming of age it is you know to a to a certain degree or whatever but I really like corny like not great dance movies like that you got served save the last dance honey step up like I love all of those movies and they're not great they are not stomp the yard is not a good movie why do I like that movie? I don't know why I like it, but I like watching stuff like that because it's just so funny. And again, it's, you know, I, I think it's part of like the, the levity and the funness of the movie or whatever. Like you just don't take it serious. Right. It's just fun. And sometimes it's good to watch something like that. It's just a fun watch. Like if you go into it knowing that this is not going to be great, like no one should win an award for anything that they do in this movie. No. This maybe shouldn't even been made, you got- but I'm just going to watch it and just grab a beer or grab some snacks and just enjoy it for what you it got is. served was god awful um it was terrible. i was very excited to see it like i'm and i love b2k like i'm fairly certain like the week that movie came out is the week or the month that they also broke up which like is a whole nother thing in and of itself but i'm fairly certain like by the time that movie came out they were already broke up which made it even more hilarious the soundtrack is awesome like i still have the soundtrack around here somewhere because it had like the songs from the movie but like B2K also recorded like five or six songs that was like the first half of the mm-hmm. soundtrack. So the soundtrack is actually like half B2K album, half movie soundtrack. Uh, but it was really good. Um, everybody, like, anytime you see somebody dancing in the rain, the joke is always that they're out there doing it for Lil Saint. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what I said last night. I was like, hey, you know, they did it for Lil Saint. There was like a whole doing it for Lil Saint challenge. And that just. That Wait a minute. Me so much <laughs> I can't remember when, but it was like I saw videos on 
Twitter and Instagram of people doing it for Lil Sing. And I just, I died every time I saw one of those videos. Because people were just out there like, I think it was like a, I don't remember where it was. Was it New Orleans? It was somewhere where they were having like a bad tropical storm. It wasn't like a serious hurricane mm-hmm. or anything coming through. But it was rainy and windy enough for people to like go out there. And this one dude, his t-shirt is just like flapping in the wind. <laughs> and he's out there like spinning around and like moonwalking and stuff. And it was great. I love this so I love black people. <laughs> I really do love black people. Y'all are, I have to go find that now because that. Yeah, we doing it for a little saint. We we're we're making do rag festivals happen. Oh it's so wonderful. I remember when J Bug punched the wall because he was mad the little saint died, and I'm like, you are being super extra dramatic right now. Like you are really serious about this role <laughs> and making sure that you punch this wall in the most believable fashion ever. Like, oh, that movie, that movie was god awful, but we love it and we appreciate the dance moves and right. and oh god. There's just so many things about that m- movie that I'm remembering, and I'm just like, man, what is happening? Why is Steve yeah, Harvey in that yeah. movie? Like, what is <sighs> all the things? All the things. Isn't Megan good in that movie too? No. Like, I don't think so. But there are a lot of people in that movie, and I'm just like, oh, y'all really signed up for some nonsense, like, because this is just—it's <laughs> just pure nonsense. It doesn't even make any sense at the all. The dancing was great. I don't oh, really yeah. need 10, ten minutes good. to listen to Pump It Up at the end of the movie. That I don't need. I mean, they just kept oh, playing God. that song over and over and over and over and over again on like one constant loop at the end of that movie. And I was like, as if I wasn't sick of hearing Pump It Up, like when it originally came out, you want me to listen to like a hodgepodge of like the first and second verse of Pump It Up for a good 10 minutes at the end of the movie. Like, little Kim was in the movie randomly. <sighs> What were y'all doing? <laughs> Somebody please tell me what they were doing. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, there's so many different ones out there. And you're starting to see kind of a little bit more, you know, Black girls being protagonists. And, um, like, Dope came out, what, a couple of years ago or something. That was actually a really good coming-of-age mm-hmm. story for, you know, with a young Black boy at the center and stuff. But, you know, like I said before, I just, I'd like to see more of those stories I like to see some science fiction and fantasy elements kind of thrown in mm-hmm. there. I, I want to see black girls like doing Stranger Things type stuff. You know, why not? Because we're nerds too. And not just black girls, but, you know, but Latina girls and, you know, and, and everyone in between and Asian girls and, and everything. See them going on different adventures and stuff. You know, we could do some Goonies. We can have some Stand By Me type stuff going on. Yeah, you know? sure can. We're nerds too. We like doing nerdy things. Right. Give us... Or even a horror movie, like Ooh. something like the like the Lost Boys, with black girls. Huh. I'd be down for that because I love the Lost Boys. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. I don't know. Is it a good movie? I've, I've never seen it, so I don't know. Okay, but I, mean, I feel like it's I feel like it's universally accepted as a as a decent movie. So like it's watchable, basically. Like. You- Right, yeah, in my eyes, because it's, I mean, it's like a horror movie, but it's got like a lot of, com- like a lot of comedy elements in there too, or whatever, but I do. Had the Corys, Cory film. Corey. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I mean, you know, I love the Lost Boys, but I could see that with like black girls in there. That would be dope. Yeah. All right, Ty, you got to stop giving people ideas because somebody's going to feed them and make a whole bunch of money. So oh, I'm going to sure. get Ty to stop talking about movie ideas and go write something. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a writer. I don't know if I'm necessarily a screenwriter or anything like that. It's not something I've ever attempted before. But You can do it. I, I do. I would love to do something like that. Something with more black girls in it. Because, I mean, I think about, like, my kids were growing up and stuff. And um, even though this was a little bit before their time, like, I remember when Akilah and the Bee came out. I love that movie. And I was like, oh, this movie is so cute. Like, it's something that I totally wish we had had back yeah. in the 90s when we were kids, you know? Yeah. So I do, I want to see more movies about, you know, little black girls having adventures and, and kind of coming of age and stuff. Um, one of my favorite comics uh, out right now is Paper Girls. Uh -huh. And so Paper Girls is basically an all girl version. Actually, Paper Girls came first. Uh -huh. So Stranger Things is kind of like the boy version of Paper Girls. Um, it's about these four friends. They're also from Ohio. It's also set back in the eighties. Um, and they, come in contact with these strange aliens and just, I, you know, I don't want to give it away because there's so many just mind blowing things that happen in this comic. Um, but it is just really, really good. And one of the girls is black and I, I love Tiffany so much because she is not sidelined in the story. She has a really active presence and stuff. And she goes through her own really interesting character arc journey and she's taking charge and taking action and coming up with ideas and such an active member of the group. A lot of times when you have a, you know, like, I guess a token black person in there, they kind of get sidelined. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't necessarily think that happen is, happens in Stranger Things. I think Lucas plays a, you know, a key role in the group and everything, but it's definitely Mike's story, who is one of the white, you know, one of the white boys uh -huh. in the movie. It's definitely his story because of his relationship with, with the, you know, I guess protagonist 11 and all of that stuff like that. But I do, I want to see, I want to see more. Like if you're going to have a token black person in there, like how do you do more? Exactly. Like we, we are capable, we are more than capable of like doing anything that we put our minds to, like, let us do the things, like let us do the things. We don't. Right. Yeah. Let our kids, let our kids have fun dance movies and stuff. Let's do some, some more, I would like to see some more house party type stuff. I don't know if it really, you know, cause I mean, people still do kickbacks. Eh, kind of. Sometimes. Sort of. A little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like it'd be hard to recreate that magic of house party just because, again, you know, the time period that it came out. Yeah, people still do them, but like, I mean, I would like to do one, but like, all of my friends are scattered to the four winds, and so trying to pick a day to do a kickback and like have a house party with dancing and stuff like that, it's gonna be so complicated, right? And I don't want to go to yeah. a club. I'm over that. Too old. Yeah, or even even doing movies and TV shows with women our age. Yeah. Like women in their 20s and their 30s and stuff being, you know, going on, be, maybe being like magical girls or something like that. Mm. Or, you know, going on, you know, going on these, you know, wild and epic, you know, science fiction adventures or something. Like I like to see more, you know, like to see more stuff like that or whatever. And I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it's not necessarily a coming of age story. Um, girls trip. But it could be a story like where magic. Yeah, it could be a story where you just grow. Yeah. Imagine girls trip with magic. some college age girls yes and magic i mean that also would have worked too or whatever because i mean in college you still i mean even though you are technically an adult you know legally or whatever you're still kind of coming into your own yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to do like a college i mean because what was it was it crossroads is that the one where a bunch of white kids white girls go on some kind of trip or something like that like a yeah it's trip? like britney spears and like zoe saldana and somebody else yeah that would be fun why not with, yeah, why not with black girls? Not have them do something like that. Maybe, you know, they decide for spring break that they want to go on a trip or something. I like to see more stuff like that. And maybe they learn some things about each other. They go through some different experiences and stuff. They kind of make them grow and become better. 
I'm here for it. Here for it. Good stuff. Plus, do you have any more that you want to add on? Of course, we can't cover them all, but we just want to kind of point out a couple of couple of black coming of age films to let you guys know that they're they're out there. They've been existing for a while and they're still getting made to this day. And we we want more. Yes, we want more. Put more black people in things. That's all I got. <laughs> Give us more stories to tell. Like our stories are interesting. We're fun people. We are amazing characters like give us more movies please and thanks exactly well if you have anything you want to add to this conversation today you can always hit us up on twitter or instagram at nostalgia mix pod um make sure you use the hashtag nostalgia mix pod we check it we respond back to people and we'd like to know what your favorite black coming of age movies are um or even just some of your favorite black movies uh period you know christina named waiting to exhale soul food and stuff let us know what some of your favorite black movies are um if you have any suggestions for anything that you would like for us to talk about or discuss in particular let us know um you can also hit us up via email we are at nostalgia mixpod at gmail.com and that is all we have for you guys actually one more by way of announcement so uh we had to record this episode in two parts spoiler alert but uh we're on google play now so whoop whoop Yay! It is done. So, if you are an Android user or uh, Google Play is where you get your podcast, look us up at the Nostalgia Mixtape. We are there. We are up. We are running. We are on all the things. So, check us out. Like, subscribe. Send us a review. Tell your friends about us. All that jazz. Yes. Awesome. And like I said, the more that we grow and we get more followers and we get more interaction, the more we'll be able to do some things in the future. Um, There are a lot of really great throwback movies that are on Hulu and on Netflix and on Prime and in all these different places. Um, And we'd love to be able to do a live tweet one day. Yes. And, you know, do these movies. But we got to have the following. We got to have the interest there or whatever. So if you're interested in that and that's something that you'd like to do with us, let us know. Um, I've run a few live tweets before. So I've got some experience in that area of kind of keeping it going and keeping the conversation going and retweeting it, interacting with people and stuff. So we could definitely do something like that. I'd be down for it. I'd be down as well. So let's make it happen. But you got to get the word out. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell all the people that you know, send them, like, share our podcast link and everything. Um, Because we're fun people and we like to do fun things and we would like to do fun things with you. So let everybody know that we exist and to come check us out. Yes, and do remember that we are, from this point forward, going to a bi-weekly format. So no new Nostalgia Mixtape episode next week, but we will be back the week after that. Whoop, whoop. Okay. Y'all have a great week. Yes, bye. Deuces.